You and I are important to the kingdom. There's not one person that's sitting in this house that does not belong, that does not, is not important to the body of Christ. We all are gifted differently. We all are called to different aspects, but we belong to one another. So as we finished last week, we made this statement. So let's serve one another. Let's get to a place where nothing hinders us from walking in Christ's footsteps, and let's serve one another. So what we are now going to do is we're going to show you how. We're going to show you the, the mentality of what does it mean? How, what spirit, what understanding, what thought process, what do we do to live this out? Because you know what? Sometimes, how many of you can just smile at me and say, sometimes it's hard to serve some people. You know, sometimes people just are mean. Some people are cruel. They say things and they do things that are absolutely cruel. But God says that we are to serve one another. So we were created to walk in Jesus' footsteps by becoming more like him. Remember the statement that I make? I got from uh, one of my mentors, Pastor Wayne Cordero, is that we... God is more concerned about what we're becoming than what we are doing. For if we become what we were created to be, then everything that we do will do in line with, with Scripture. So the answer to the question, who am I, uh, we've been giving you some points, and the first point we gave you was we were created to believe in Jesus. Not just to be born again, that's a huge part of it, but also in believing to to uh, grow in our faith. Second of all, we are created to belong to family. That when you become born again, you absolutely belong to family. And then what we're talking about today will continue. We were created to walk in his, Jesus' footsteps. In Mark chapter 1, verse 17, here's one of the scriptures we brought out to you. It says, then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Remember we pointed out, I will make you become fishers of men. Not make you fishers of men. I will make you become. So Jesus says to follow me, do what I do. And how we are to do that is we found out that if you are willing I will make you become. So what has to happen, it's a process of growing. That when we become born again, another statement that I make is that if you were a nerd before you were born again, right after you're born again, you're a born again nerd. And there takes a process of changing you from out of the nerdiness. And so in this, this process of growing, Jesus, if you allow him to, he will make you become fishers of men. So here's, here's the point that Scripture is making to us is that God has already set it up. God has already created you to be this. This is not something you have to change your personality. You have to change all these different things. What you must understand is change your thinking from before you were born again to what you are after you're born again. And when you begin to change your thinking, then you will change your doing. So in your growth as a believer, the creator will make you this. 
It is a process of making and changing and, and, and bringing you into a place where you begin walking in his footsteps and doing kingdom work. To become someone who is concerned about other people. That is the main goal of, be, of making you become, is to be concerned about other people. And, and we explained that also, and, and, and so let's talk about this truth we've shown. In this world, at our birth, we were born rejected because of the original sin. And the fruit of the rejection is that we are born self-centered. The Bible says that rebellion is born in the heart of a child, but it is the rod, the process of correction that will drive it far from them. And so the thing that has to take place in all mankind is we must be born again. And so doctrinally, what we find that when we're born on this earth, this, this describes our old nature before new birth or stated as a fallen nature. So when we were born on this earth, we lived in this fallen nature. What was the fallen nature? That in everything we did, we did feeling rejected, that we didn't belong. When the world talks about all these different things, the world is expressing the old nature. The world is expressing what has happened being born on this earth. So it is how we think <clears throat> and our spiritual state before Christ. And so we battled for years and years and years until we became born again. We battled this old nature of being rejected that produced ourselves self-centeredness, rebellion, all these things that we battled. A lot of times people will do or say something and they'll say, well, where'd that come from? That's not me. You're right. That's not you. If you're born again, what you did is you fell back into the old way. But praise God. Praise God. Remember, Pastor Gill said, I love Bible butts. But praise God. When you became born again, you are no longer rejected, but you belong to family. So there's a whole new thing that goes on because you have become born again. Sin has no hold on you. And now because you belong, the fruit of belonging, you are a fisher of mankind. You are a fisher of mankind. Your thoughts are no longer run by rejection and hurts. You have been made, given ability, or have become someone who thinks about others first because now it's no longer about you. It's about others. When people come with rejection and hurt and they're angry and, and they say things that are not true, you, you see past their hurt. You see past the stuff that they say and you begin to see the truth that if they would understand who they are, if they would get born again, you fall in love with people. If they would become born again, they would see the truth and that truth would set them free. In today's day, 
Anybody that stands on a platform and speaks automatically is looked at in a different way without respect. And when people get up and say things, when people are leaders, in many instances, they are rejected. They are disrespected. Church, that is the spirit of Antichrist. And what we need to do, if we would take care of the things that God has said for us to do, walking in his footsteps and praying and come against the spirit of Antichrist and loving people but despising the enemy and coming against the enemy, that the church would transform the United States of America in a greater way, but not only America, but the world. And we need to begin to rise up as a church. We need to begin to rise up and become what God has called us to be. And in that, all of our doing that we can do with the understanding of the word of God and walking in love. So let's read in the book of Mark again, and I want to just show you something. You are just going to, I'll use the terminology, it's going to blow you away. What I'm going to express to you and what I'm going to show you today regarding this very thing of walking in Christ's footsteps and understanding that you are a son or daughter of God and or daughter of God, and you can do things in this world. No matter where you've come from, no matter what's taken place, no matter what your past was, today is a new day, and you can do mighty things for the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you in this. Jesus said, again in Mark 1:17, then Jesus said to them, follow me, get in my footsteps, and I will make you become fishers of men. In Mark chapter 9, uh, he had to help them recognize, the disciples, this amazing ability. Because what, what Jesus did here, remember the scripture that Jesus says, how long do I have to be with you? Jesus wasn't saying, you know what, guys, I am so tired of you. Would you just get out of here? I'm going to make some more disciples. I don't like you guys anymore. But what he did is, is he began to see in a greater realm uh, what we, he began to express in a greater realm what a lot of times we don't see because he knew all things. In Mark 9, verse 33 through 35, it says, Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, remember this story last week? What was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. Self-centeredness. But they had faith in Christ, but they still walked in self-centeredness. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. That kind of blew them away. It kind of made them look at what? Because you need to understand that in this process of discipling, they were growing in the things of God. They were making mistakes. They were... They were doing great things. They were praying and demons were delivered and people got healed and miracles took place. And, and then they would, you know, who do you love the most, Jesus? It just all this back and forth emotional stuff that were, was going on. And you have to see that in the reality of what was going on with the disciples is what goes on in our life. 
you are in your salvation delivered from this destructive action of the original sin. The disciples still didn't get it. Rejection and self-centeredness you've been delivered from. You are a child of God. This is if you study the, the discipling of the disciples, that's what Jesus was trying to get them to get. You are a child of God. You are delivered from rejection. You are delivered from self-centeredness, the fruit of rejection. Why? Because you are accepted in the beloved. Why? Because you are born again. Living by the new nature, you are accepted, and out of that truth, you love and have an ability to serve one another. Then Jesus said, and we covered this last week, but I want to go deeper in this. It's really going to uh, show you some things here. So let's read it again. Mark chapter 10, verse 36 through 45. And he said to them, what do you want me to, to do for you? They said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. The disciples still thought Jesus was going to set up his kingdom then. The disciples still thought that what was going to happen is that Jesus was going to defeat the Romans, everything was going to be done, and they were going to set up their kingdom. So what they were trying to do, they looked at how the world functioned, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to do the same thing. They wanted to be second in command. They wanted to be part of the head cheese. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. What did they ask? Let some of us sit on your right hand and some of us sit on your left hand. Keep that in mind. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. Yeah, we could do that. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized with you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. Always goes back. You know, it's their fault, your fault, my fault. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall be, not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servants. This is what Jesus was saying. We need to break this old nature out of your life, this old thinking out of your life. You need to understand what you truly have. And what you're asking, you need to be really concerned what you're asking for. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. We are to walk in his footsteps. We are here to serve one another and give our life, our calling, our giftings, our abilities for many. Who are the many? The Bible calls it your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? First of all, it's talking about the church, those that you're sitting with. Second of all, it's not talking about your neighbor that lives next to you. Your neighbor is a one that is like thinking, has like faith. 
And then later on, Scripture tells us that we, were, we are to uh, love our enemies. So church, let's serve one another. Now, let's look at, at these guys. Even after this, I want you to, you got to read it in the Bible. Even after this, they sent their mother to ask the same question. The sons of thunder, and we'll, we'll read this in a moment, and here's the question. Mommy, will you talk to Jesus for us that we can sit at his left and right hand? I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you, these are men. Mommy, Jesus didn't tell us we could sit at his right or left hand. Can you talk to Jesus for us? Hmm. Now we look, I'm, I'm kind of making fun of that. But let me just tell you this. Haven't we seen throughout history families standing up for things that are not true? Haven't we seen many instances, things go on in life and people will, will stand up for that and want to make it better for the family even though at times family is out of line? Kind of scary, isn't it? But let me remind you of what Jesus said in Matthew 25. Remember, Mommy, can you ask Jesus if we could sit on the right hand or the left hand when he sets up his kingdom? See, they're already in the wrong premise. And we're going to show you that in a moment. They're already thinking he's going to set up the kingdom on this earth. They're going to build a big castle. And there's going to be meetings and Jesus in the middle and they're going to sit right on the side because they're the disciples. And everyone's going to serve them. So Matthew 25 says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, when he sets up his kingdom, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on the right hand, the believer, but the goats on the left the unbeliever. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. They were asking something that God already set up. Why? Because they're sons and daughters. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. What Jesus was doing is when they were talking about the right hand and the left hand all through the times of teaching, Jesus was saying, when you become born again, you're different. You are no longer self-centered. When you are born again, it is no longer about you. I have taken care of you. I have set it up for you. You will be with me on my right hand in the kingdom of God. You will serve with me. You will walk in my footsteps. I've already done it. It's created for you. I make you become. And in the becoming, it's a process. 
How many of you have made mistakes in the past year? Amen. How many of you have not loved when you should have loved? Yeah, okay. So, see, we're, we're in this process of growing. But what Jesus said, I will make you become, I have done this for you. The answer is already there. Until, he's saying, until you get it, you will always fall back into the old nature. Until you get it, you'll always fall back into the, remember the term, meism. So a mother asks if one of her sons can sit on the right and one on the left. Church, are you seeing this? What did Jesus tell her? Well, Matthew 20, verse 20 through 22. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, sons of thunder, came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from Jesus. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. She was asking for one of her sons to go to hell. That's what she was doing. Now, let's transfer this what is it really talking about? When we walk in Jesus' footsteps, he makes us to become. When what he is literally saying to them is, this has already been set up for you. You will rule with me in the kingdom of God. But while on this earth, in this process of becoming I want you to serve one another. I want you to love one another. I want you to, to move into this realm because I did not come, God himself, who came in the form of a man, who submitted himself to the things of man. He said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And the only way you eradicate the desire to live out your life in the old nature is to have revelation of you have become like Christ. I will make you become fishers of men. You will have the same spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you will love in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you will forgive in the spirit. If you will live your life according to the word of God and the truth of the word of God of who you are, you don't have to go around proving yourself. I wonder how many times my prayers are affected by meism and self-centeredness. The Holy Spirit is thinking, you don't know what you ask, Gary. Because we are born self-centered and we are born again Christ-centered. We have to choose. And to walk in that, to renew our minds to the word of God. You can't get saved if you don't take yourself off the throne and put Christ on the throne. 
He must become Lord of our lives. Now, again, you're not perfect in your performance and never will be. Let me say it again. You are not perfect in your performance. And on this earth, you will never be perfect. You will always make mistakes. You will always feel like someone's used you, someone's abused you, someone has said the wrong thing. Someone has pushed you aside and taken someone else. Someone has rejected you. Because there are many people in this world that are living self-centeredness and they live through rejection. As your pastor, I want us to break this out of our lives. I am standing in front of, to me, one of the most givingest, lovingest people that I've known. Valley Community Church, you are amazing to me. We're not perfect, but I want to tell you, I want us to eradicate this so that we can multiply this and we can begin to touch other lives at work, everywhere we go, that people want to be where you're at. They want to serve where, you're, where you serve. They want to attend church where you attend church. Why? Because you're something special in their eyes. They finally see what God has done for you. Are you with me? I know this is doctrinal. I know this, this stuff is, is kind of causing you to really be introspective right now. Amen. Now, let me just tell you, you know, we have to understand that you're not perfect in your performance and never will be, but you have to put Christ on the throne. In what I do in serving God, sometimes I don't like what I have to do in serving God. Sometimes being a pastor, people say things and do things that are, to me, evil. They'll go out to lunch, and instead of eating their steak, they'll eat the pastor with their words but I understand what's going on in their life. I understand what's going on. Many people do not want correction. They don't want to be corrected. They, don't want, they want everything that someone can give to them, but if there's any correction, they run from it. Why? Because rebellion is born in a heart of a child. And it's correction that drives it far from them. But when we don't receive correction because self-centeredness, because of the old nature, what happens when we are getting out of line, being deceived in life, out of line, our thinking, the way we do things, and we are deceived, what happens, people will come in. God loves you so much. He'll use people to come in, leaders in the church, lead pastor in the church, and he will try to bring correction. And the Bible says correction will drive it far from them if you receive it. But the body of Christ in today's society does not want to receive correction. They want to point their finger at one another, those that lead, those that are around, and say, it's your fault, not mine. The background of much of the disciples' thoughts is this. Look at Mark chapter 10. Verse 41 through 45 again. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. 
But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them? Yet it shall not be so among you. He's saying you need to stop lording your flesh over other people. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. To give his life. Everyone say, give his life. Now, a lot of times, if you look at the literal language, that word life is not really talking about, it is, but it's talking about much more than just the physical life. It's talking about giving your gifts, giving your abilities, giving your heart, giving your love, giving your prayers, giving uh, your finances, giving, 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 giving. And that's what God is saying. When we get in line as a church to really understand how to give with this heart, there will be so much blessings in the body of Christ. The disciples thought Jesus was going to set up his kingdom at the time on the earth. But listen closely. Jesus, here it is. This is it. Grab a hold of this. Jesus was coming at that time to set up his kingdom. But at that time, at our time also, the kingdom was in their hearts and then later on on the earth. God wants to reside his kingdom in your heart. What is your heart, your spirit, your soul? Your mind, your will, and emotions. God wants to set his kingdom in you. God is looking at you and he's saying, do you not know what I have created you to become? Do you not know how special you are? Ladies, how beautiful and gorgeous you are. Men, how handsome you are. How smart both of you are. Every aspect of your life, it's amazing. Well, I didn't, you know, I only went to school through sixth grade. I don't care. If you walk in the wisdom of God, you're one of the smartest people I know. Remember Pastor Gill? His dad was Gill. He graduated from the third grade, and he was one of the smartest men that I knew because of the wisdom of God. Did he make mistakes? Absolutely he did. Do you make mistakes? Absolutely you do. Do you see what Jesus was doing here? Do you see what what God is saying to the church today? Today, this is so relevant to everything that's going on in society. So he sets the kingdom up in your hearts. But they thought they were going to rule and they wanted to be one of the kingpins. So a growing, maturing Christian will become less and less self-centered and more and more Christ-centered. I hope you agree with that. Yes, you are following but it is a process of becoming a follower. I want you to see what the Apostle Paul said. 
In Romans chapter 1, verse 1, it's just an amazing scripture. I use this a lot in leadership training when I train pastors. And Romans 1, 1 says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. With what we just showed you, let me show you what Paul is saying. The title of our series, who am I? He's a bondservant. What is a bondservant? A bondservant is a slave who chooses to remain a slave after seven years. Out of love and serving. Paul says, who am I? I'm called to be an apostle. Now, when he's talking about this, listen closely, it's in your notes. The apostle is the position and the function is the serving. Let me say it another way. Your position is what you do, but what you are is a servant of Jesus. Are you seeing this, church? Man, that banana's being unpeeled, isn't it? Have you ever taken a bite of a banana without peeling it? That's nasty, isn't it? So what we're doing is we're unpeeling this banana. And right now, some of you have had so much hurt and despair and, and, and dejection, all kinds of stuff in your life. And, and what, what has happened is because you didn't understand what God created you to become. It is so real. And people may tell you, you're ugly, you're no good, you're dumb, whatever. But I want to say to you, rise up. Let the word of God transform that. Be healed in Jesus' name. Not because you become a better person, because you now understand what Jesus created you to become. It is already a done deal. You just work towards it. You think I'm a little excited about this? At Valley Community Church, we all are accepted and love to serve others. Because who we are are servants. I thank God every day for you. I walk in and walk through the foyer and there's all these people standing there serving the master. And I just walk by them and hug them and shake their hands and I say thank you. Some of you, you've heard me say thank you to you a thousand times. It's because I see who you've become. I see that you've chosen to walk in his footsteps. Notice the end of Romans 1.1. So important. Separated to the gospel of God. The gospel succeeds when we become who we are. Who are we? We serve. Yes, I'm the lead pastor. One of many pastors here. And if I am the lead pastor, then I am the lead servant. Got it? And so where I serve, where do I serve? Equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Where do I serve? I come in here. You drive by this church on Monday, office closed, everything. I'm in here. I'm studying. I'm on my face in my office praying. What am I praying for? Oh, God, make me look good. Oh, God, make me the best. 
No, I'm praying for you that the word that I'm hearing him tell me to teach you is I'm going to serve it to you on a silver platter and say, please eat. This is who you are. This is what you can be. You are so amazing. So we are born self-centered and born again Christ-centered. Next week, let me show you what Scripture says. Our third point, we become like Jesus. We become like Jesus. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus.